you're going to hear Ryan Finkelstein and myself uh, for a lot, a lot of minutes on State of the Division here. We're bringing you AL Central on this Wednesday. We're also bringing you the AL West on this Wednesday. And then we've got the NL East on Thursday. Fink, you ready to just strap in and go 45 minutes? And we're going to obviously split this up into three 15-minute episodes. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's give you the state of everything going on in baseball, at least for three of the six divisions here. Let's do it. And again, this is the AL Central episode. We're going to start uh, here because you could make the argument that it is the worst division in baseball. And I think that the argument is immediately validated because they have one team that has a positive run differential. That's it. <laughs> They are the only division in baseball with only one team netting positive in the run differential. And it's Minnesota. Minnesota leads are seven games over 500. They've got a three and a half game lead on Cleveland, who's three and seven in their last 10, but they're an even 500. Then you've got the White Sox, then the Tigers, and then the Kansas City Royals. Minnesota, they're five and five in their last 10. They're plus 47 in the run differential here. And again, they're 48 and 41. They've got two all-stars in Byron Buxton and Luisa Rice. So well-deserving for both of them. I thought Buxton should have been a starter. He's yeah. not a starter. He's a reserve. Arise, it could have gone either way between him and Ty France, and I would have been up in arms about the other one. If, you know, like obviously Ty France got left off, so I was, you know, so thrown that Ty France wasn't an all-star. But if Ty France was an all-star and Arise wasn't, I would have thrown a, a conniption fit as well. These two pacing the Twins offense, how far do you feel like they can go? I think that it's it's one of those situations where as we're looking at that division in particular, it's kind of just there for them to take, right? So you wonder when they get into the dance, like what could actually happen? I think that offensively, I really do like the Twins because Correa is starting to come on a little bit too. I think that this is a team that they don't really have to worry too much about that at the deadline, but I mean, are they a team that has to go out and get Luis Castillo or something like that? Like, I look at them and I more think if they go up and let's just say they have to face off against the Yankees in a playoff series, do they have any hope at all at, at possibly winning that? Not to mention the history there. It, it's a team that I think can make it to the playoffs, but I'd be a little surprised that they're able to advance in the playoffs. And I also think that they end up, I guess, in that wild card round. They could be upset by one of those teams in the in the AL East. You know, if they face off in, in the Red Sox in that wild card round, are they going to make it out of that? I don't know if they have the arms to do it. So say Seattle gets in over Toronto, because I think if Toronto gets in, they are an objectively better team than Minnesota. If Seattle gets in and looking at what's happening in the National League, do you think the Twins are the worst playoff team in business right now? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I'm trying to think who, who the, the next uh, worst team would be. Like, would it Honestly, be Milwaukee? Would it be maybe, St. Louis? Maybe, but I, I look at both of those teams in Milwaukee, like you talk about their chances to advance in a playoff series and you think, okay, well, they got the pitching to do it. You look at the Cardinals and you think, man, that lineup with Goldschmidt and Arenado, they could come together and win some playoff series. It's also like the Cardinals as a franchise, you always just kind of think, well, anytime they get in the, the playoffs. Card- yeah, it's yeah. the Cardinals. So it's, yeah, I think that might just be the, the worst. I, I think the only way would be if, let's just say, like, the the Brewers or, or even the Cardinals fell off entirely and, like, the Phillies snuck in as, like, a team that just stays really hot. Like, that could be a team that would say, hey, if the Phillies made it, maybe they're worse. But even then, they got, like, Wheeler and Nola. So, I, yeah, it, it's it might just be the Twins there. 
Yeah, it, it's tough. And the negative that you look at with Minnesota is obviously on the pitching side. And we're going to get to that in a moment. But I just want to shout out what they've done offensively, because you mentioned yeah. that Carlos Correa is starting to heat up again. Carlos Correa, the guy who, quote unquote, sucked after signing that one plus one plus one deal. Correa, through 65 games, has an OPS over 800. So <laughs> yeah. his sucky year is still an 800 OPS with elite defense at shortstop. Then you've got Luis Arise with that 870 OPS. Jorge Polanco has been great. He's got a 780 OPS and he's playing good defense at second base. And then obviously you've got Byron Buxton. Ryan Jeffers is fine. He's really interesting to me because, you know, Jeffers is obviously the catcher right now. Then you've got Gary Sanchez too. And Gary has not been great, but then you have other guys that can fill in here with Jose Miranda and Gilberto Celestino and Alex Kirilov. There are pieces that you can plug in to spell Max Kepler and Nick Gordon. I'm shocked that Nick Gordon is still on the roster, but you know what? Say la vie. Um, th that's my, like, I don't think that they need to bolster the offense that much, but to your point about the pitching, the bullpen needs at least one more. Yoan Duran has been awesome. Duran, a two, five, four ERA and 48 punch outs, seven walks in 39 innings. Aside from that, Emilio Pagan, your closer, he's got a five ERA and 32 outings. You need help for Durant. Durant should be your closer. You need a good setup guy. And oh my God, do you need rotational help? Do you think that they can move for a Frankie Montas or a Luis Castillo or a Tyler Malley? My question is actually almost not even just can they, but should they? Like, like if, if we're talking about where they're at right now, do we think that just getting Castillo actually does bolster them to the point that they would win a playoff series? Or is this a team that you might as well just kind of ride this season out you probably have a year of Correa. Maybe his, his season isn't good enough that he does take that out, that maybe you get another year out of him. I mean, are they in that point where maybe they should just kind of stand pat and, and sit on what they have? Or do you push the chips in for a team that I, I just still, even if, let's just say they, ignoring what it would take to get him, let's just say somehow they get Bednar and Castillo and they're the biggest buyer at the deadline. Yeah. Do they still have any chance against any of those AL East teams in a playoff series? I don't think so. So I'm, why I'm do you do you. it? I don't know. So my thing is like, do you give up a guy that is in the 20 to 30 in your top prospect range for half a season, half a season of Jose Quintana and yeah. see if you can just like get over the hump with that 33 year old renter that, that obviously like was not sought after in the free agent market. He signed a one year, $2 million deal with the pirates. I think a guy like Quintana makes a lot of sense. Um, even, I don't... even if you shop for like a Martin Perez, like, like yes. where like, yes. yeah, yeah, it would cost a little to get him, but you, you bring him in. I think that they should be looking to maybe ensure that they win this division. Cause that's good for the fan base. It's good. You know, like you, you could see the guardians or the white Sox, maybe, you know, going on a little bit of a run in the second half. So maybe that's what you do. Make some moves around the edges, but I'm not trading one of my top prospects to, to build out the, like for this team. I, I don't think I do. Can I give you some names of uh, starting pitchers that will be on the market uh, after this season that they can go get in free agency? Yeah. Noah Syndergaard, Joe Musgrove, but I'm, I'm thinking San Diego resigns Joe Musgrove here. Sean Manaya will be, will be available. Um, won't Chris Bassett be available? Bassett, Taiwan Walker, um, obviously DeGrom. We'll, we'll see what happens on that one. Yeah, we'll see what happens with DeGrom, but then you've got – you know, a guy like Nathan Uvalde, and you've got a guy like I, I the list keeps on going. Kyle Gibson is going to be available here. Um, I, I think that there are people that they can go get 
and just get a little bit better. So I think you can hold for free agency. Next team that I want to talk about, and we've already spent the majority of the episode on Minnesota, is, is Cleveland. And Cleveland just split a doubleheader yesterday with the White Sox. Game one was a complete game from Shane Bieber. Seven punch outs, no walks, just one run against him. Game two, they get shut out by Dylan Cease. This is an offense that can string hits together. It feels like this offense is more contagious than most. And obviously they've got good pitching, but they need help. And my question to you is, where does the help come from? Again, it's one of those teams where they're so young. I think that the, the best part for the Guardians right now is they got Ramirez locked into that contract. Yeah. So there's no pressure. Like, if you can win this year, great. But I look at Jose Ramirez and now Andres Jimenez, who's an all-star this season. I think, all right, they got a couple of pieces there they can build with. I don't know if this is their year, but I think that the future is bright there. Um, you know, maybe you do kind of shop. But what if, let's just say, if I'm Cleveland, what if I trade almost nothing and pick up Nelson Cruz? You know what I mean? Just take a flyer on him and just see if maybe – you know, a change of scenery, you, you could just get like, like something like that, where you don't have to give up much, but maybe you just take a couple flyers here and see what happens. Almost like what the Braves did last year, but like at a much smaller degree. Yeah. You know who I kind of like for them is Josh Bell. And I know yeah. that Owen Miller has been fine, but Owen Miller is really cooled off. I, I think Josh Bell makes a lot of sense for them because again, he's going to be a rental. You've got the deepest farm system in baseball. If you go get a Nelson Cruz to DH, but I, I think Fran Mill Reyes is a DH. I don't really think he can play yeah. a corner here. I think Fran Mill's the DH. I think Nelson Cruz is a DH. So go get a guy that can play first base and survive there. I also think they should go get a catcher. I have no idea how much Wilson Contreras is going to cost. Um, and, and Sean Murphy has a couple of years of control here, and you might not want to block Bo Naylor and Brian Lavastida here. So I don't think you should be riding out with Hedges. I don't think you should be riding out with Owen Miller. If they were to make upgrades, it should be at first or behind the plate. Another thing I'll say, Miles Straw can't hit. I don't think you need to move for a center fielder, though, because they've got a lot, a lot, a lot of talent in AAA and AA right now. So maybe the move, much like what we saw with Tampa last year, where their best deadline move was calling up Shane Boz. Maybe Cleveland's best deadline move is calling up a guy like Will Brennan. They just called up Alex Call. Maybe it's, you know, if you feel like George Valera is ready, you bump him up from double A. That might be the type of move that puts them over the top. Pitching, are you concerned about anything? Is it like maybe you find a good reliever out there and go get him just to bolster the bullpen? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that they're a team that, like, they could get back into this mix. And so you should try to make a couple moves and, and adding an arm to the bullpen, adding a bat. You know, if you, if you really want, I mean, I don't think they have to add a starter, but they're a type of team that I think could make some moves, but it's also, again, I just, if we're looking at the, the American league this year, I look at every single team in this division. I'm like, none of you have world series hopes. Yeah. Um, so if that's the case, what are we going to be doing here? Like, like, what do you sell off or what do you what do you trade to try to improve this team marginally? I, I don't know about that. So baseball reference has as a formula to calculate postseason odds and World Series odds. And uh, Cleveland right now is a twenty four point nine percent chance to make the postseason. Do you think that's right? Hmm. I feel a little high. I don't know. I feel like that feels a little low. You think so? I'm, I mean, they need to win the division and they're that, back by three and a half games right now. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the twins are just better, but, yeah. but, but I, I guess, yeah, I guess maybe, I think that's about right. Honestly, that might be right. Yeah. And then Cause how about I, a- I would, I would look at it. Like I would say the twins at like a 50% chance and I would give like the guardians and the white Sox like a one in four shot to, Hey, maybe they can, they can put it all together. Yeah. The guardians are at 24, nine. The White Sox are at 23.5, which I think makes perfect sense. Uh, but yeah. the Guardians, speaking to your point, a 0.9% chance to win the World Series. And I think that happening. is spot on. It's, it's not happening. The White Sox, they're a team that, like, on paper could absolutely, you know, make this crazy second half run and, you know, ride a hot hand to the World Series. I just don't think they're going to do it. <laughs> no. I bared out my frustrations on the Just Baseball show. Um what do you see when you ingest White Sox information? What, what are you getting from this team at this moment? It's one of those teams where it's like, like you said, like the, there, there's certain teams where we, we saw them before the season. We looked at them on paper. We probably said they were the favorite. I think a lot of people would say, you know, maybe them or the twins, but I really like the White Sox, particularly, you know, what they did last year. And they have a lot of players you like, right? Like you like Dylan C's, you know, you, you really like, what they've gotten out of you know, guys like Lance Lynn and you look at their lineup. There's so many pieces there, but they're just not winning. And I don't get it. I don't watch them enough to understand what's going on there. I just know I look at the standings and I'm always kind of confused. I'll tell you that they're just folding. Like I I'm telling you when they got just dicked down by Shane Bieber, again, a complete game in under a hundred pitches, they were putting together the least competitive at bats that I've seen from a team not named the Oakland A's so far this year. They didn't care. And they just washed game one and they said, you know what, let's go hop in the showers. Let's get ready for game two in like the fourth or fifth inning of game one, which was just bizarre. (laughs) But that's the kind of team that we've got. And I think that stems from the top down. There have been three managerial firings so far this year, Joe Girardi, Joe Madden. And as of this morning, Charlie Montoyo. And if Tony LaRusse is not the fourth, we riot. What's going on there? What's going on there? Uh, wrapping up real quick with the wait, two wait. bottom dwellers. I, I, got, yeah. I got one thing for you real quick. Cause I just mentioned Lance Lynn's name. I totally said Lance Lynn solely off of watching him strut out the mound a couple times on Twitter. And I'm looking at his stats right now and see he has an ERA of almost seven in, in six starts. So I guess Lynn has not been good this year, huh? He has run into some rough outings. You know, there have been outings that he's put together where he's like still competing his way through because you know that Lance Lynn is going to give it his best shot each time he goes out there. But there have been outings that have just blown up in his face. But Cease has been great, obviously. Kopech has been good. There's no issues there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This team is just, I think offensively is where they just lack motivation. And I think it's a a managerial problem. And I think it's a, a problem up top beyond the team's control. Um, but yeah, real quick on the Tigers and the Royals, the Tigers are 36 and 51 Kansas city's 34 and 52 Spencer Torkelson starting to heat up just a little bit. He's got the batting average over 200. Thank God we needed that batting average to get over 200. Um, and then obviously Riley green has been very good in his first handful of games, but his first 23 games as a major leaguer. So are you just watching the Tigers now? with an eye on the youth and seeing what young arms, what young bats can do with Javi Baez also in the fold. I mean, what a disappointing season for them considering what, what we thought they were going to be. Yeah. It's, it's just another year for them. I think that the bright side is, you know, that you're starting to see with Riley green and Torkelson, like they're starting to get there. It's just not this season. So they got to ride this one. And I just wonder um, what do they have to sell at the deadline to maybe, you know, actually make, 
make this a, even a better rebuild. You know, like Michael Fulmer's is one name that I think can actually get them something as a pretty good bullpen arm. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a it's an interesting team here. Like, do you just just trade your, your bullpen arm to Andrew Chafin's another one? I think that's basically what they have to sell at this point. Now, the big thing is, do you trade Gregory Soto? Mm. I can't believe he's been to two straight All Star games. Isn't that crazy? Peter called him an all-star game merchant, which I kind of agree with. Like yeah. there's just nobody else good on the Tigers. So he's, he's just waiting there saying, yeah, that's my all-star appearance. Um, yeah. I think those are the two guys that you sell. Maybe Alex Lang too. Alex Lang has been really good in that bullpen. Um, yeah. Let's play a rapid fire game with Kansas city though, to end it. I'm going to throw you a bunch of names and you tell me if they're Royals on August 3rd. Cool. Okay. Yep. Let's do it. Andrew Benintendi. No chance. Whit Merrifield. That one actually has me pausing. Yeah. Because I feel like you should have been traded each of the last four years. I don't get it. I know. I know. They waited too long. Yeah. I'd say – I'm going to say he is because it's just like they, they love him for whatever reason. I'm going to say he's a royal too. Michael A. Taylor. They should trade him. They should trade him. I'm with you. Um, Brad Keller. Should trade him. Zach Granke. He's a royal. No one's going to want him. Yeah, he's a royal. Um, Scott Barlow. He's been good. He has been good. They should move him. Yeah, cash in your cash in your chances when they're, you have they're a team that I feel like always should be selling more and they don't though. That's why like Ben Intendi's the only one that I'm like definitely gone. Yeah. And and there's others that they should be gone. You think Hunter Dozier can get him anything? Little something. Little something. Nothing yeah. big, I, but I, if I'm a team like that, I'm trying to cash in as many of those guys as I can for some lottery tickets. And if one of them hits, you'll look back and be like, what an amazing you know, set of trades we made to get that one piece. Yeah, just get young as hell. That's my thought. Try. Blow everything up, get young as hell, have MJ Melendez, Bobby Witt, Vinny, Prado playing every single day. Exactly. So that's my thought. All right, man, appreciate you hopping on the AL Central, and uh, we'll talk AL West in a moment.